Welcome to the Loved Called Gifted podcast. This is your place to come for musings about spirituality, identity and purpose. I'm your host, Catherine Cowell. So I'm delighted to be joined again for this episode by Hannah Lambert. Hello, Hannah. Hello again. Hi, it's great to have you with us. So how have you been? Yeah, busy. Yeah, lots going on. Family, work, life, general business. So it's nice to be able to come to what is today a very, very sunny Stoke. We've been sat in the garden all morning having a delightful, restful day, which is just such a treat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And then in our lovely conversation, we've been discussing Catherine's forthcoming nuptials, which is very exciting. She's doing a grin from ear to ear for you listeners here, which is just the most wonderful thing. When Catherine and I first met, she had just begun dating the lucky man. And now the wedding is imminent, isn't it? And has been sharing with me this morning a very, very lovely story about the wedding dress that she'll wear on the big day. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I was just talking about the fact that actually my wedding dress shopping just felt incredibly blessed. And I know life doesn't always work like that. But yeah, so I had set out with a couple of friends to find a wedding dress. And I have to tell you that clothes shopping is amongst my least favourite things in the world. And because I am both shorter and wider than average, it can be really, really tricky because finding things to fit is really hard. So I'd been very concerned about needing to find a dress. And I I was not after a wedding dress as such. This is the second time that I've got married and that would have felt really, really inappropriate and just not me, really. I'm not sure it was me first time round, but definitely, definitely I wasn't going for a white thing. So I just wanted a dress that would look nice and that I could maybe hold a bunch of flowers with, you know. And the fact that I've got a couple of friends who were willing to come clothes shopping with me was was just brilliant. So we had set aside a day and we set out from, I live somewhere called Trentham and just down the road from me, there's a place with sort of shops and stuff. So we started out there, found nothing. Um, One of my mates really likes a shop there that has completely random, mad, psychedelically coloured furs in it. So why she thought we needed to go into that shop, I don't know. I'll be honest, I'm sad that 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 isn't where you got your dress from because that would have been really fun. Well, yes, I think it's just it's just one of her favourite places. So she just wanted to go in. That was where I got mistaken for being the mother of the bride, which I know I know kind of potentially I know that's possible, but that still wasn't that still wasn't the best feel. Um, now, unfortunately, well, I don't know. It's not unfortunately, is it? But I am old enough to be the mother of a respectably aged bride these days. But anyway, so then we dragged along to Marks and Spencers down the road. A big, huge Marks and Spencers, not too far from us. Absolutely nothing. So then we headed off to Cheadle Hume in Manchester. I think it's Cheadle Hume or Cheadle. Yeah, Cheadle Hume. Yeah. 
where there's a really, really big John Lewis's. And I was quite hopeful about John Lewis because there are lots of concessions at John Lewis, like loads of them. And I'd been told by fellow wider than average friends that that was a really good, there's a couple of places there that would be really good for getting larger size clothes. Absolutely nothing. I put on a whole pile of stuff that looked worse than things I've already got in my wardrobe. So that was, that was a no. And then my friend had had a text from her daughter, actually, who had been having a look online and had found out about a shop called Yours in Stockport, which was just five miles down the road from where we were, that does clothes for bigger ladies. So we thought, right, okay, we'll head to Stockport. Stockport Town Centre, I have to say, is not the most <laughs> glorious place in the uh, world. As a resident of Stockport, it's safe to say it's the most desolate place <laughs> It's pretty dire, isn't it? And it was a really, really wet day. Yeah. So we'd parked up and we went into yours. And I don't want to be rude about yours, but it was pretty grim. Even if I had not been looking for wedding gear, there really was nothing in there. It was kind of low grade for fat people as far as I could tell. <laughs> so what do you mean? My... What do you mean you didn't find the, the dress of your dreams in there? I did not find the dress of my <laughs> dreams. I didn't find the dress of my this might do yeah. for a night out or for an afternoon gardening sort of thing. <laughs> just There really was nothing. So one of my mates then decided, well, if the shopping's not gone well, we should at least have a decent lunch. I like this philosophy. So she went on TripAdvisor and found us a nice cafe, which was about five minutes walk away, still in Stockport Town Centre, but really good cafe. And the plan was, well, we'll have a look online for dresses whilst we're there. So the, the thinking was, we're not going to find a dress today, but if we can at least order some stuff, I can have a look at it in the comfort of my own home. Well, we're looking at stuff in this, it has to be said, really lovely cafe. We did get the nice lunch, but we're looking at stuff online. And what I had learnt from the completely pointless trip to John Lewis was that none of the stuff that we were looking at was going to look any good. It was just, it really, really wasn't. So we're sat there at, at this point, I'm thinking I'm never going to find a wedding dress. Then we started to have a conversation about, well, would it be worth looking for something in a bridal shop? because actually the stuff that I tried on, even if it had looked good, was look, making it look much more like I was going to someone else's wedding than that I was having my own wedding. And, you know, they do things for bridesmaids and stuff, don't they? There might be something. But that is challenging, isn't it? To be a bride who doesn't want to wear sort of a classic bridal dress, but also look like the bride. That is, a, I mean, that in itself. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Are you saying I was looking for the impossible outfit? It just makes the ending of the story all the more glorious. Yeah, so we thought, well, there's no chance in this fairly run-down, it's-all-closed kind of town that we're going to find a bridal shop. But we thought, well, we might as well ask the people who are here in the cafe. And they said, yeah, yeah, there is. There's a bridal shop. What are the chances? In this end of Stockport, there was going to be a bridal shop. So we went, hoping our hearts around the corner to find this bridal shop, which was shut, possibly closed down. As we were walking away from this not-bridal shop, there was a charity shop with, like, some fairly hideous but kind of obviously meant to be dressy dresses in the window, sort of like bridesmaidy. You might send your child to their prom in it if you were really cruel kind of dresses in the window. So I said, is it worth us having a look in here? 
And one of my friends said, well, yeah, we might as well. It's looking better than anything else we've seen today, which is not a very high bar, I have to say. So we went in. It took about 30 seconds to work out. There was absolutely nothing worth looking at in this charity shop. As we were leaving, I saw this kind of A board on the pavement, which was saying of this charity shop that we'd just left, upstairs, secondhand bridal emporium. So we're like, right, OK. So we march back into this charity shop up the stairs. We end up on this landing where there's a couple of rails of stuff. Find a dress that might be worth trying on. My friend says you might be able to try this. But there's nowhere to try dresses on. There's a door with a notice on it which says engage, which is evidently there to dissuade people from going through it. So this, this looks like it's possibly a changing room. So walked through it into the bridal emporium. It was like out of the movies. There's like two long room, two huge rows of dresses. There's bling at one end. There's big posh changing room. So tried the dress on. It didn't do up at the back, but it really was exactly, I can't tell you just how exactly perfect it was. So my friend goes downstairs to say, there must be something we can do with this. Obviously it doesn't fit, but it's there must be something we can do with it. So she goes downstairs to ask the people in the shop if they will come up and give us some advice. The response that she gets is, well, you're not meant to be up there. It's shut. <laughs> so apparently the woman who is the queen of the bridal emporium wasn't in that day, but one of the women downstairs sometimes helped her out. So with a bit of persuasion, she came up and was able to say, yeah, you just need to swap the zip for ribbons you know that kind of corsety ribbony fastening you sometimes get and she reckoned that would be really easy to do so we had found the dress but what really touched me about it if we are working on the premise and I am that God was involved in this is that I had been kind of downgrading the kind of dress that I would have for my wedding I was trying not to make a fuss which I have been trying to do about various aspects of my wedding. I wasn't going for anything fancy. I definitely wasn't going for the bridal moment. But I found myself in front of this beautiful mirror with crying friends standing on a podium. It's like, have you seen um, Say Yes to the Dress? Uh, oh, no, I love I it. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. It's basically just people going with Gok Wan into a wedding shop and trying on various dresses until they find the one and they say do you want to say yes to the dress? And that, it feels like, for anyone who's seen it, this was your say yes to the dress moment. It's magical. Absolutely. Absolutely, completely magical. And the number of things which needed to line up in order for us to land in that particular charity shop in Stockport, which is a good hour's drive from where we are. You know, we needed to do the things that didn't work in Stoke. The other thing which I found out later is that there is a yours shop just down the road from us. So the reason we'd gone to Stockport was to find yours. But how did my friend's daughter end up telling us about the shop that's in Stockport and not the one that's two miles down the road? If we hadn't been in the cafe and asked about the bridal shop, if we hadn't wandered in to the charity shop, if we hadn't marched so boldly up the stairs in the charity shop before the women had the chance to say, no, you can't. I love that there's a good chunk of rule breaking in your wedding dress story as well. I just think that's that's perfect, isn't it? Yes, there was a moment. Some naughtiness. I, there was a moment when I'd walked through this door and I just boldly said, we're not allowed in here whilst... <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? Who cares? Absolutely, but who cares? But actually, if that had been the first place you'd looked, you might not have been so bold as to say, we're not allowed in here. Because there is a, you know, when you come up against that much disappointment, there is a sense of, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But there's a real 
I mean, they say, don't they, about kids with neurodiversity, so all behaviour is communication. And so there's something for me, and what is it that God was wanting mm. to tell me? And part of it actually is about the redemption of the relationship that I'm in that there's been an element for me of not wanting to make a fuss about getting married but it is beautiful because of my story because of Stephen's story there's a huge amount of redemption in being in this place and it really felt like God was saying I want you to feel special mm. like she was saying to me no this is your yes to the dress moment I didn't think that I wanted or needed that kind of moment but actually it was really really precious and the fact that my friends were there and they then scuttled off downstairs and paid for my dress as my wedding present. So lovely. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was be and it's beautiful that happened in community as well because actually you quite feasibly could have gone, well, oh, I'm just going to, you know, pop to Trentham to try something on and given up and gone online and done and done something. But actually our friends who sound like they've been fairly persistent in their desire for you to have the gown of your dreams for your day, you know, actually in that community, you kind of said, right, hello, no, let's drive an hour away. Let's go to Stockport. Let's go to John Lewis. Let's go into the town centre and give it a go, you know. Um, but actually on your own, you probably wouldn't have bothered. No, I probably wouldn't have done. Or you wouldn't have known about the yours shop or not necessarily asked in the cafe if there was a bridal shop. You know, it's just done beautifully in community, isn't it? Which is lovely. And, and there's been that in all of the kind of planning that I've been doing, that we've been doing. There has been that sense of community. Yeah. You know, friends wanting to do stuff. So a couple of friends boldly announced that they wanted to decorate the hall where we're going to have the reception and they are going to way more trouble than I would. You're not spending your Saturday night making paper roses? <laughs> no, I'm not spending, but somebody, somebody, somebody is. is. Yeah, yes. which is just... And there's so much love in that, which I think is beautiful. Absolutely. So that was my wedding dress story. But the thing that's really struck me has been that sense of God being with me in all of it and really wanting to communicate something of God's love for me, for us, and approval and blessing on what's happening. Because for both of us, we've been through some quite difficult stuff. Mm. And so to be at this point is a real blessing. And that sense of, no, this is a new beginning. It's that whole thing about resurrection and redemption. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. And it's not second best, which is lovely. It's really lovely. When we were talking about this earlier, we are talking about it being a pre-loved, I think is the word that is used, a pre-loved dress, isn't it? You know, what's the story in that? And that, that story of restoration, mm. of actually... You know, this isn't just an off the shelf been made is brand new, but actually even your wedding dress itself is a story of restoration and goodness and that it can be altered and changed for this new season and adapted to fit you perfectly. Yes. And one of the little details, which is a huge blessing to me, is that actually we got it from a hospice shop yeah. and and Stephen's wife died and had hospice care um, and she was a friend of mine as well and the, but there's, so there's something about just that detail of the fact that that we will be blessing them too yeah. feels really right and the passing on of yeah and yeah it's just the most precious story which is part of a much bigger story but just beautiful and intricate and tells of god's kindness and goodness yeah yeah it's, pre it's precious. It's really glorious. And it's in Stockport as well, which I'm just delighted at. 
because <laughs> it's where I'm from. <laughs> well, I'm not from there. I've lived there a long time, but <laughs> but yeah, but somewhere that you know. Yeah. Hmm. I think in our discussion that we had earlier, you were talking about the kind of intimacy of God in the small things. And you were saying, don't feel like that to me at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. So Catherine said this like wonderful story and, and it's glorious and I love it. I've, you know, I too have got a big grin on my face, haven't I? And yeah. absolutely delighted for you. Catherine was saying it was sort of just one example of how God could really care about the little details and the little things. And, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, one dress for your wedding day doesn't seem like the biggest thing on the agenda, but it's something that God is so bothered about. And instead of being a kind of really enthusiastic, encouraging friend and going, yeah, no, it's just wonderful, isn't it? I went, mm, I don't feel like that. <laughs> and I think, you know, there is that, there is that tension between the the experience that you've had recently. And it has not, life has not always been a walk in the park, isn't it? And I think, you know, there is that ability to rejoice in the kindness of God and the small things for one another but there's also the reality that life is blooming tough <laughs> sometimes and sometimes you're like god there's so much opportunity to show up in the small things in the difficulties and the challenge of life so where are you where's my story of encouragement in that yeah yeah so for you at the moment it's not feeling like that you you're experiencing more of the absence of god in the small thing yeah and i think to have faith in God is to believe in the greater, isn't it? And in the higher power and in the sense of purpose in all things and to say God does have a plan. And I think, you know, one of the most, some would say misquoted, but that's a whole other avenue to go down. But one of the sort of most widely used verses in the Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11. And for I know the plans I have for you because we desperately want to know that we're part of of something greater and bigger where there is a plan where life isn't just accidental but actually that that we are part of something far more intentional far more created and so i think there is for me a sense of to be able to cope with challenges and difficulties kind of go well god is bigger god is above all things god is in control eternally but i think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of god in the intricate detail of our lives and I think there is a, a question of have I just been overwhelmed or too ignorant to see what God is doing I wouldn't go down that path because I think that sort of puts the emphasis back on you in a way that's unhelpful actually yeah and, that's wise and my experience over the years has been that quite often my trust has been that God will be doing something in me that still has hope in it and still has meaning, even in the days when things have been really, really difficult and things have been really dark. So, I mean, I've had three nervous breakdowns in the last 12 years, probably slightly more than 12 years, perhaps 15, but, I've, but I have. And always it's been at those moments when actually life, life has just been really, really, really difficult. And what has helped me to hold on to hope has been that sense that God is doing something good in me and in the world despite that. But I've needed to walk with a God who doesn't intervene, yeah. who is there. I think in one of her books, Sue Monk Kidd talks about the God of presence, not the God of rescue. And when you are living with that sense that 
there is a God who is with me, but quietly. You know, like when Jesus is in the boat and he's asleep and we all kind of have that moment of the disciples are saying, well, what are you up to? We are going to drown and you might be here, but you seem to be snoozing. And it sounds like that has been some of your experience and it's sort of trusting that you're still held in God's love despite the fact that things aren't aren't changing and despite the fact that God isn't turning up in the details. So there may be things where God is doing stuff and you're not noticing, but often actually God just isn't interventionist in the way that we would hope. And so there is there is something in the life of faith of holding those things together because the temptation then is to say, well, if God doesn't turn up in this detail or at this moment, well, then God doesn't do that ever. Yeah, And that's evidently not true because lots of people have stories where God does. Yeah. And one of my detailed stories, which is just nutty, is that before my boys were born, before we adopted them, myself and my then husband, God told us what their names were. This was before we'd even we'd even thought about adopting. Wow. And we'd we were having we were doing some twenty four seven prayer in the house and he came downstairs one morning and said, God's given me two names. And we'd got friends who were slightly randomly praying to have they weren't Christians, but they were praying to have male twins because they wanted to start a family, which is a completely mad thing. But my husband had come downstairs with two names that God had given him, two boys' names. So we wrote them down and kept hold of them because we thought, well, this will be the proof. They will become Christians when we can say God told us the names of your children. And then they had a little girl. One. Yes. One little <laughs> Instead girl. Instead of two boys. With Instead the two, two names that you had. <laughs> yes. But, but then six years later... We are sitting looking at profiles of kids. I have a real sense in my heart. There's a couple of boys and I just, there's something just warms in my heart a bit. And we're looking at them and I say, well, should we find out about these two boys? And so we decided that we would ask a bit more about them. And it was in that moment that I suddenly realised what they were called. Wow. It's like, but that's mad. Yeah. Which makes me very aware that whatever this life of faith looks like, whatever walking through the world with God looks like, it includes these details and that sense of intimacy. But also alongside that is this sense of God not intervening in situations where we just think, well, why not? But it's difficult to see both of those at the same time. I think you're either in a season of really walking with the God of presence and trusting in God's presence and trusting that God is lovingly with us, despite the fact that it doesn't look like it. And then there are other times when it's really evident that God is intervening and involved and blessing us and doing things with the details. I remember ending up in hospital visiting somebody and I'd gone with a friend and we were going to visit someone and then another friend kind of turned up and there was this series of encounters between people that were just lined up. My mate said, do you ever feel like God's lining us up like billiard balls? <laughs> and that was one of those, that was one of those moments. But equally, our friend who was in hospital could list dozens of ways in which she would have liked God to intervene and God hadn't intervened. It's a mystery, isn't yeah. it? And it, I think it's very easy to forget what God's done as well sometimes. I had a text this week from a friend with a selfie with another 
mutual friend of ours and the mutual friend I got to know and has since introduced to this other friend of ours because my youngest daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when she was 20 months old and ended up in hospital and then two beds away there was another lady who was in hospital with her pretty sick child as well and when you're in hospital with sick children you end up having the kind of 24-hour stays and then you have the committed ones that are there for a week or two you know and and actually time stands still in hospital anyway I got to know this lovely lady and her son and she wasn't a Christian and she was asking about my faith and one night we ended up in a side room while our kids were asleep left in the careful care of the nurses and she gave her life to Jesus and it wasn't an interaction that either of us would have ever wanted to be there with our sick children. And there are so many ways of, you know, opportunities that God could have intervened in that situation that would have been really quite ideal, um, namely healing or making it not happen in the first place. And and actually, you know, she, this lady now still has a kind of incredibly strong faith and it's totally changed her life and and I just think that was a moment I'd forgotten for years and then it was only this week and I think oh actually God he's there in our pain and our weakness doing things that we can't always see and we don't understand the significance and the impact of so it's um yeah it's good to even when you're not in those moments I guess it's good to reflect and look back and think about where we've seen God in the kind of everyday and the intimate and the small things yeah and allowing for the fact that we can't control which season we're in. You know, it's fine to honestly ask God for what we need or what we want. And it's entirely appropriate. But when I look back, there would have been a time in my life when I I would have felt that if I could just pray hard enough yeah. or just work hard enough as a Christian, I could make those things yeah. happen. And actually, I'm not convinced that we can. It's not that God doesn't listen to prayer, but actually sometimes there is grace of one kind and sometimes there is grace of another kind. And both are beautiful. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's in our power to necessarily make one thing happen or make another thing happen. Yeah. You know, there's I, no magic formula for there isn't making a magic God formula. do what we want him to do at a specific time. No, there is just a glorious journey. Yeah. And there's that lovely bit that talks about being like wind blown, like the spirit, you know. And we don't know where it, where the wind is coming from or where it's going to. But it's lovely to be along for the ride. Absolutely. Thank you ever so much for coming to chat. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loved Called Gifted podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email lovedcalledgifted at gmail.com. You can find a transcript of this podcast at lovedcalledgifted.com. And that's also the place to go if you're interested in the Loved Called Gifted course, or if you'd like to find out about spiritual direction or coaching. Thank you for listening. <laughs>